that exciting? It's great. It's great. We're so, so glad and so grateful for all that God is doing, and um, we're so excited that you're here. I'm going to just uh, continue on with a conversation that we started last week. So, so last week, we started this, this conversation, really, and the conversation was around the resurrection of Jesus and how when, when uh, God sent Jesus and he raised from the dead and, and, and there was messages that he was sending to us about how our life matters, how our life matters and how, um, how he, that moment, begin to communicate things to us about how God sees us. You know, a lot of times we wear, we wear and we carry concepts, lies from the enemy that tell us that we're not worth anything, we're, we're not going anywhere, we're not doing anything, there's nothing important or valuable, we've missed more than we, we missed more than we got right, you know what I mean? I don't know if you've ever been there where you feel like, well, yeah, life is good, but man, maybe I missed so many opportunities, or I should have swung when, when I, and, and I didn't because I was scared or I was intimidated or whatever, and, and here's what happens is we start playing this terrible game of woulda, shoulda, coulda. We start throwing, well, I wish I would have never met them. I wish I never went there. I wish I would have never moved there. I wish I never said that. I wish I would have never married. I wish I would have never, I, well, it doesn't matter what it is. We, we all have woulda, shoulda, couldas in our life. And so what happens is, I think very early on, the enemy causes us to catalog our failures and we forget our wins. How many of you can remember, come on, more failures than you can successes? I mean, it's the truth of the matter is, we've all here won. We've all done something where we crushed it. You know what I'm saying? We killed it. It was a great, we did awesome. It was, it was great. But it, for some reason, we can always remember when we blew it, how we blew it, how bad we were, how we didn't measure up. How we, and these are the things that we remember, and here's the deal. The Bible teaches us that the enemy is the accuser of the brethren. So he will always try to oppress you, which push you down, and tell you that you're not this, you'll never have this. You'll never be free. You'll never, you'll never be out of debt. You'll never be bondage. You'll never be free. You'll never be broken. You'll never, why am I going to church? Because nothing's ever really going to change in your life. And you're just kind of going through the motions. You've sipped the Kool-Aid, but nothing really is going to happen in your life. And so here's what happens is we, we believe that. And we wrestle most of our life with, do I matter? Am I going to win? Am I going to succeed? Can I overcome? And the answer to those questions is yes. The answer to those questions is yes. Uh, I, I am I'm so glad that you're here today. We're going to read two passages of Scripture. I'll, I'll, we'll talk about a few more, but we're going to have our, our main conversation uh, really um, comes from these two passages, these two quotes in the Bible. The first is Matthew chapter 28, verse 16 through 20. If you have a Bible, your phone, flip open, read on the screen. Um, Matthew 28, verse 16 through 20. And, and, and I'm going to wait just a second before I read that so you can just keep it up on the screen. But for, for, for us, I think it is very uh, important for us to be able to communicate in a way that people leave here and they get it. So uh, when my kids were younger, we did a lot of baseball in the front yard. Come on, you know what I'm saying? And so my job was pitcher. I was all-time pitcher, basically because they wanted to hit. You know what I'm saying? Was, I was pitcher, and, and uh, I had to go get the ball. And, and so they would just stay there and hit. And I was like, how did this happen? You know what I'm saying? And so anyway, what I found out is... You know, I mean, you don't get a bunch of classes in parenting. So, I mean, the first time I'm taking, whoosh, you're out. <laughs> and so I realized, okay, if I'm going to build confidence, I got to put it where they can, they can what? They can hit it. 
And so I realized that my new job was placement. I had to put it where they could hit it. And so I worked hard at bringing that ball right into the, right into the sweet spot, you know. And so I would tell them, put your elbow up. Get, and I, I'm not really a baseball guy at all, so it was all YouTube. But anyway, so... So, so they, I had the elbow up, I had the stance, but I realized that there were three components at play. My placement, their focus, and then their swing in order to make contact and hit the ball. Here's what I want to tell you is for you to grow and thrive in this church, I realized that our team, our leadership, the people on the welcome, the people who serve, the people who lead us in worship, and even my own ability to communicate the gospel, I got to put it in a place where people can hit it. And I don't ever want you to come to this church where you feel like it's over your head, come on, or it's too beneath you. You know, the truth is, we're all at different places in our faith and in our walk and I want to be able to put this message, the, I feel like the greatest message, that in all the world, I want to be able to put it in a spot where if you focus on it, you can connect and you can make a hit. And this hit will take you around the bases. Does that make sense? And so uh, I've seen, it was funny, last year uh, Sage played machine pitch. And the very first game, the 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 the, the we didn't really check the, um, and I wasn't the coach, but we didn't, <laughs> we, we didn't, they didn't check the um, machine, and so the ball was flying over everybody's head, and so all the kids, <laughs> yeah, they, and so, you know, all the parents, they, they, I mean, it was machine pitch, but it was professional baseball. It's too loud, I mean, everybody's screaming, but they have to stop the game, move it down, you know. And then the next game, everything was too low. Like it was hitting the ground and the kids were like golfing, you know. And so, I mean, once again, the parents are taking it like way too seriously. But it's like for real because you're ruining my kid's chance to break out. And so, um, <laughs> and, 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 and so, but it was funny how it needed to be in the sweet spot. And I, I think for all of us in our growth and in our spiritual development, um, there is... Your responsibility, and then there's our responsibility. And, and at the house, we take our level of responsibility. We're going to try to study. We're going to have a good word. We're going to have something that you can hear and apply and use the next day. But here's the deal. It is not our job only to grow saints. Some people got to focus on some concepts. Someone's got to focus on where they're going, not where they've been. Some people got to focus on their healing rather than their brokenness. Some people have got to, see, there's got to be a shift in the focus, and that's not on me. That's on, does that make sense? I, I would sit and I would watch some of the kids go up to hit. And there was no way in the world they could hit the ball. Not because they didn't have arms. Not because they didn't have the ability to, to do that. But because they were looking at flowers and butterflies. And I <laughs> looking around. And I'm like, look at the ball. Look at the ball. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, there's always that one parent that's like way too into it. You know what I mean? There's the, there's the one parent that's like, oh, cool, they're playing. This is great for their uh, cardiovascular system. It's great. They're working out. And then the other parent is like, you know, and, and so these kids, they, they weren't focusing at all on the ball. And then the other ones, they would focus, but all they saw is, you know, 35 miles an hour of pain <laughs> coming through and to them. And so you would watch them. They would hold the bat real, real close, and they would go, <gasps> and, and you're like, listen, you knew the ball wasn't going to hit them, but you thought it was going to hit them based on their reaction. Does that make sense? And so some people come to church and they're very insecure and they're scared because they've, what's the pastor going to say? Is he going to call me? I'm like, I, 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 listen, I already, I'm living like, I, I already know. I said, I'm going to judge and I feel like the ball's coming too fast and they're going to tell me I'm going to hell or they're going to tell me I'm, uh, uh, I'm jacked up. I already know. Like, like, I already know I'm messed up. And so we... We come to church and someone says hi. And, hi, hi, hi. Bat's like real close to us. Hey. Or, or, or we come here and because maybe we even grew up in church, we just kind of do church, but we don't focus. That's 
worship's going on, and we're like, hey, how you doing? I'm going to talk to you after service. It's going to be great. Everybody's crying. God's moving. The worship's going on. It's powerful. Looking at butterflies. Thinking about our pot roast. Thinking about the four people on the other row that we hate. If not, does that make sense? And so I, I'm, I, I know some of you are like, whoa, this is a lot. But, but, but what I'm telling you is I just wanted to start out this conversation because the truth of the matter is God's word will work and it never comes back void. Yes. But if we don't focus and we don't swing, then we can't hit. We, we can't hit. And, and my, my job as pastor, I want to put it in a place where you can connect. Where you can connect with the things of God. You can connect with what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. That you can connect and become free. That you can grow out of insecurities, depression, anger, lust. That God can heal and move you to the place where you're making it in life. You're making it in life. I'm, I'm a firm believer that if we both do our part well, this body is going to thrive. We all have hurts, habits, hang-ups. We all have ruts. We all have a history and where we came from. And we all tend to do things. And sometimes we do things that are um, uh, hurt us. The Bible teaches us that sin will ultimately destroy us. And so sometimes it's sin, but sometimes it's habits. That we grew up a certain way and uh, every time a parent walked in, this is how they walked in. And so we naturally grew up under that for 18 years. And now we have a habit that God wants to break in our life. And you know what? If we don't give God the attention and, and, and the time to, to really do that, then we think that our life doesn't matter and we believe a lie. We believe a lie about who we are. See, Scripture tells us that God counts every hair on your head. He bottles up every one of your tears. And I know it's hard in our culture because it seems like God is disconnected and he's way off somewhere else. And you know what? I don't even know how God really relates to my life. But the truth is that God is ever present. God is present. Your life matters to God. Every detail of your life matters to God. And God has not left you. And God has not forsaken you. Our culture has a misguided value system. Because they value importance. And they feel like importance comes from the position you hold. Or the possession you have. Or the people that you know. And, and, and before long, uh, we feel like we are a sum total of, of what other people respect that we have amassed. But you know what? All that smokescreen. The truth is, God values you. And God's value system is very different. Sure, it's easy to think that God is too important to deal with what's going on in, in your life. I mean, I don't know if you've ever thought this, but surely God's concerned about so much. I mean, 7 billion people in the world, surely God's thinking about and has a whole lot more to deal with than, than what's going on in my life. You know, are, are we, with all the news and ISIS and Cold War and, thought, and all of the political, I'm sure there's a whole lot more to deal with than, than what's going on in my life. But you need to know today that your life matters and that you are a priority. You're a priority. You're a priority. And there is nothing that you can do, listen to this, to be more or less important to God. His value on your life has already been conveyed. God values you because God created you. And so it is the enemy that is always saying, see, you're not worth anything yet, but one day. You're nobody yet, but one day. See, one day when your kids make it, you'll finally be a success. But right now, everybody's judging you on how they turn out. 
right now, when, one day you'll be a success. You know, I mean, when you're married, I mean, one day you'll be success when you finally get that dream house. I mean, one day you'll be a success when you finally get that job. One day you'll find, come on, it doesn't matter what it is. Has anybody ever heard those type of thoughts before? Come on, if we were to just be honest. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to read this verse to you. Matthew chapter 28, verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went away to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. So Jesus says, hey, we're going to rally up, we're going to meet, team meeting, come on. And they're going to talk. The resurrection has already happened, and Jesus is about to return to heaven. So this, this is where we pick up the story. When they saw him, they worshipped him. See, look, can, can I tell you this? That worship is a key component to your life. It's a key component. That's why we, we, we start off with a few songs and we do what we do because the, the truth is that everything in life moves us towards selfishness. Come on, how many times have you appreciated someone in your mind but you never said it with your lips? I'm grateful for this, this, and this, and this. But there's something about expressing worship. And the Bible teaches us how to do that. Sometimes we lift our hands. Sometimes we sing out loud. Sometimes we clap. Sometimes there's admonishment. The, the Bible teaches us that these are outward expressions so that we can get the, our mind, come on, off of where we're at and put it on the Lord. Okay, now, now I want you to see this. The next week verses is just as powerful look at this but some what does it say come on y'all come on for all the people who can read for some what doubted we somehow believe that all of the disciples were like super christian and they like internally come on had the big s on them, not for Superman, but for Savior. And I'm just going to rip this up. And anytime the devil comes at me, I'm going to vanquish him. And I'm going to leap over every temptation. And I'm going to stop every evil thing. They are, Judas has already left. Judas is not there. The 11 disciples are there seeing Jesus, figuring out what's going on, and some are worshiping, and some are like, I don't know about that. What's going on? What's about to happen? Where, what's ha I don't know. Here's what I want to tell you, is that that does not scare God away. That's not scare God away. And so there are times when you will be figuring out and working out. But here's what I love about them. All 11 were there. All 11 were listening. All 11 were watching. And all 11 went to go do the work afterwards. Sometimes, listen, listen, you can be here and, and you're doubting because you just never heard it before. I, I just don't know what he's talking about. I just haven't, didn't grow up in church. I just didn't. And so I, I don't, love, give, hug, help, Ah, I, this is, is itchy. I feel like it's, a, it's just lovey here. It's just of love. It's weird. I got it. I got it. But if you don't quit, you will leave different than you showed up on the mountain. Yep. And God will begin to do a work in your life. And it will begin to change your whole life because your life matters. Your life matters. The second verse that I want to read, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. Well, I, I didn't finish the rest. Hold on, hold on. I'm getting excited. 18. Let's go back to 28, 18. Jesus, said, Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. Lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. Can I tell you? This is a very weird concept because Jesus is saying, hey, I'm always with you. Uh, I'm leaving. You know, it's like, I don't, what? But Jesus was not leaving them alone. He was going to send his spirit to help teach Navigate, guide, help, because they mattered. So you don't give something to someone who doesn't matter to you in your life. 
Many people, okay, I mean, you may give a little charity and, and you may give a little here and there, but truly your best gifts are given to people that you value and that you love. Come on, is that right? And so, come on, we, we, we give. Jesus gave to the disciples because he valued them and he knew something great is going to happen through you. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7 says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Listen. This was in the Old Testament. There was a prophet, and God would pick prophets, right? And he would pick prophets to pull out and promote people. And so uh, uh, Samuel is about to go to this house, and he's looking for the next king. And all of these men are there, and they look impressive. Some of them are ready for war and handsome and intelligent. And, 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 and he's about to pick someone, and God says, stop. Do not look on the outward appearance because the world picks and judges everybody on what's happening outside, but I'm looking internally and I am telling you that if you pick on only what you see, you will miss who I have really prepared to take this nation and, and produce some freedom. Listen, for all of us, you need to know this. Check this out. God does not judge you based on anything external. Your value doesn't come from external. Your value, it was created at birth. You matter to God. Every detail in your life matters to God. And, and, and here's the thing. You need to know that while God's value system is different, the enemy is always trying to steal your value and remind you of your lack. That you can't, that you won't, that you'll never be. And the truth is, that's not true. You are precious to him. You are valued. And, and, and as we look today... It is my heart that something becomes revelation to you. I believe that there's a shift that needs to happen in all believers. In all, when, when they begin to think about who they are and if their life matters and, and, and what God wants to do with them. These are three things that I constantly hear. I've been a pastor for two years. I've been in ministry for over 25. These are constant things that I feel like cause people not to step in and really give their heart to the Lord and be transformed and really take up their position in God's kingdom. Okay, let me just tell you this. God has an agenda for this world and our life, and you matter to it. So there are three shifts that I feel like will forever change your life. Three shifts in thinking that I feel like will forever change your life, and I want to give those to you today. The first major shift in all believers is this, that God wants to use me. That God wants to use me. Come on, come on. Y'all got that Easter hangover. Y'all a little silent. Come on, we got to rally up. You know what I'm saying? I go wave the towel. Uh, listen, the truth is, God wants, you need to, when you wake up, when you go to bed, when you live your day, when your kids are pulling on you, come on, your kitchen is a mess, your boss is giving you more work than what you can handle in one day, when you feel stressed like you're about to just snap, you need to understand something. God wants to use you. And I know you're thinking, he don't want to use me because I'm crazy. <laughs> I will mess up the whole message. If he wants to use me, he better pick someone else because I have good days, but my bad days are bigger than my good. And so he better find some. God wants to use you. Your life matters. I know it's kind of crazy to think of the thought that God would, would, would use me to build his kingdom. Because here's the deal, the reason it's crazy for us to think about that is because we have all disqualified ourselves. Yeah. 
How can I do anything? I can't even, uh, uh, how can I help somebody? I can't even find my keys. How can I help somebody's life be better? You know, half the time, I don't even like life. I don't even like people. You know what I'm saying? I, I, it's like the, the whole idea of church is to come and be around people. And I, I, I mean, if I was by myself, then I would be happy. But, but you want me to come and, and be around people? And people, but they just, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to just be transparent. People annoy me. There are not many people I like. And most of the people I like are the ones quiet, so we would never really have a conversation anyway. <laughs> Listen, God wants to use you. Why? Why is this so concept so valuable to our faith? Because listen here, God gave us the Holy Spirit and, and His Spirit, listen, it does not activate people to sit, it activates people to serve. If your Christianity allows you the space to do nothing, then I would say that you did not really learn that everyone in the Bible is a giver. Think about this. Listen to this. I'm not talking about finances, so just relax. <laughs> Everyone gave. God gave Adam breath. God gave Eve, Adam Eve. Adam and Eve were the first man and woman, okay? God, it says that God met, took Eve from Adam, and he used the word, and he gave God gave the garden. God gave prophets. God gave a covenant. God gave people. God gave Jesus. God gave, God, God gave his son. God, God has given, Jesus gave his life. The disciples gave. There is no concept where we are like, God doesn't want to use me. So the issue is we have to fight our feelings because that's the real issue. Over the next two weeks, we're going to be talking about marriage. And, and I, I invite somebody, invite people who are about to be married, people who are engaged, people who want to get married, people who are, we're going to be talking about the next two weeks, we're going to talk about, about marriage. But, he, but here's the thing, I'm, I'm excited about it, but we're not talking about it right now. Oh, there's a picture, I'm excited. <laughs> Listen, if we're not careful, our feelings will be the thing that Position us. God gave you feelings to enhance life. But when feelings run life, we're in trouble. And so a lot of us, in any relationship that you're at, I don't care who you are, but actions produce feelings. But when we invert that and we make feelings produce action, I'll serve my wife when I feel like it. I'll, I'll, I'll do something for my boss when I feel like it. I'll do something for my kid. I'll do when I feel like it. But if I don't feel like it, let me tell you, if I don't feel like it, and we get that swerve, you know what I'm saying? We get that. Well, here's what happens. Is when we are led by our feelings, we always destroy relationships in our life. Always. Because here's the deal, in one day, I can feel hot, I can feel cold, I'm happy, I'm sad, I'm hungry, I'm not hungry, I'm mostly hungry. No, I mean, I'm just, the, what I'm saying is feelings always change. Every minute of the day, I'm having a great day, come on, I'm singing a Disney song, the bluebird is literally on my shoulder until that lady gets in front of me in traffic and I take the bluebird and I throw it at the lady. Well, all I'm saying is, if we're not careful, feelings and our culture with every movie, with every song, teaches us. We have grown up. There are literally movements now in our country because feelings. Doesn't matter what it is. And all I'm telling you is this. When feelings are First, there will be a lot of broken relationships in your life.
Because actions, listen, listen, I, I do good to my boss regardless if my boss is good. See, when I lead into actions, guess what? Then here's the deal. My life begins to matter. It begins to take off because I'm no longer sitting back here waiting for you to do something good so that I do something good, but I'm going to step into good because here's the deal. I've already made the choice. I've already made the choice to like you. I've already made the choice to do, be the best employee at, in my office. I've already made the choice to, to, to be a mom that controls her emotion. I've already made the choice to be a man that helps around the house. I've already made these choices, and the choice is already made. And so here's the deal. So many people are now asking themselves, I don't know if I feel like cleaning. I don't know if I feel like babysitting my own kids. I don't feel like, I don't know if I feel like coming to church. I don't feel like, well, here's the deal. If you are led by your feelings, it will move you out of everything that God wanted you into. God wants to use you. Listen, 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 we preach the baptism of the Holy Spirit here in this church. And I get it. In the 80s, there were some crazy people. Some crazy churches, too. I mean, just coming to church. I mean, seriously, I, I get it. For all of you, who this is your first time. Thank you for coming. Because I know church people are crazy. I know that. You don't have to worry. They are. And here's the thing. Is you don't know what's going to happen. And you're like, what are they going to do? And, and here's the thing. Is, is at the house, we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We believe that you can be spirit-led. But we're never going to be unhinged. We're never going to be out of order, but we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, and we believe in a double portion. We believe that the Holy Spirit, the, 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 the Spirit that Jesus said, hey, I'm staying with you. Here is what you need to win. If we try to better our life outside of relationship with the Holy Spirit, then we have reduced ourselves to self-help. Five steps, four steps, three steps, two steps, one step. And here's the deal. What happens when your legs are tired and you don't want to step? The Holy Spirit is the comforter that helps us. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Look at this. But you will receive power. I don't know, but anybody ever felt like they need a little power? When that addiction comes back? Anybody ever felt like they need a little bit of power when their attitude wants to flare up? Anybody feel like they need a little bit of power when they don't want to do what they know they should do? Paul even said, I beat my body daily that I may win Christ. Anybody ever need a little bit of power? And, and here's the deal. Here's the worst thing. Anybody ever feel powerless? Powerless to control my emotions. I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to be this way. I don't want to act this way. I don't want to respond this way. I don't want to talk this way. I don't want to always have a negative emotional co co uh, uh, comeback every time someone says something. Why do I always want to hurt people? Who I, I don't. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witness. Here's the deal you becoming good is not the witness. And a lot of people think that, that is, that's called religion. It Clean up, look better, and then people will be impressed by you. That's not what it says. It is, here's the, now I do believe we clean up. I do believe that, but it's an internal work that happens externally. Okay? And so here's, here is the great witness. That a holy God would live inside a broken person. Like I know you. I know you do. Let me tell you about Jesus. See, there's power in me to be a witness for him. We're not trying to be good because God already is good. We house good. We, 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 we bring good. Not because we are good in and of ourselves. We bring good because God so loved us, come on, that we matter, we matter, we matter, we matter to him. Look at this. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth, here's what I'm asking you. Did you know that known or unknown, there is an assignment on your life? 
And the reason that God wants you free from addiction, the reason that God wants you healed, the reason that God wants to develop your testimony is not so that you would get church gold stars, but so that people that live life, your family, people that are around you can see that you should have gotten this, this, and this, but God saw that you mattered, and now look at your life. God wants to use you. The work of God is done not by great people. It's by ordinary people who are made a commitment. Commitment. Ordinary people who invite someone to church. Ordinary people who serve in an outreach. Ordinary people who, who, who will pray for someone. Ordinary people who will lead a life group. Ordinary people who will use their resources to build the kingdom of God. Ordinary people who will inv- invite a single mom to go out for lunch. Ordinary people who will work in a parking lot and, and greet someone. Because here's the deal. Well, whoa, whoa, I don't know why oh, people can't park themselves. That's so dumb. Why do we need someone out in the parking lot? People can park themselves. It's like, dear Lord, I don't like they come to church and they lose their parking ability. I mean, I, I, I mean, they park every day. Doesn't even make sense. Except for, come on, how many of y'all have been in a car before, and you are having a heated conversation or something is going on? Come on, the most stressful time in the world is coming to church. I don't know why, but it's like you know, come on, just everything's late. There's no gas in the car. Ah, it's like we didn't think about that Saturday, but Sunday, it's the devil's doing it. You know, and it, it, it gets intense and it gets it's 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 hard. And and so here's the deal: you, we have a guy out in the parking lot. Hey, and you're like, hey. Glory, happy to be here. And a lot of people think, well, see, see, that's what Christians, they're just fake. No, that's called a transition. And we would rather you transition in the parking lot so that when you get here in 20 minutes and the word goes forth, God begins to speak to you and you stopped focusing on, on who you hate and how you're mad and the kids left everything out and they did this and they did that and they did that. And we are hoping that a transition happens in the parking lot so that when you get here, God can minister to your heart. Come on. You hear what I'm saying? The truth of the matter is, every day ministry is done by ordinary people who is serving up a supernatural, extraordinary God. Come on, you... You, you, there's nothing ordinary. God uses ordinary people to be in our tots and, and, and babies and, and children's church. And we're not babysitting back there. The truth is, I believe revelation is coming in here, but I, but I want the same called people that want to love God and love kids be in the back and revelation come forth and the kids are like, <laughs> and, and we've, we've seen it. Our kids have come home and they, like, like they got something. They got it. And that's where we're wanting. But it will take ordinary people who have baggage, issues, habits, hang-ups to say, okay, God, I'll do it. I'll do it. The second thing is this. Look at me. Weakness doesn't scare God away. Come on, this is a shift in our thinking that we need to understand. Weakness will not scare God away. Well, okay, pastor, the first point, that was pretty mo- emotional, mo- mo- I mean, motivational, I like it, I get it, I'm good, but, but really, i got to tell you something, pastor, I'm not perfect. I mean, like, even last week, I just stubbed my pinky toe, the words that came out of my mouth was not, bless God, thank you, Lord. <laughs> come on, come on, if we're going to be truthful... God wants to help you overcome, and God is still a deliverer, and him being a deliverer, that is his nature. That's his nature. God can heal supernaturally, but many times, God's healing, while sometimes it may be right now in the moment, a supernatural event, sometimes God rebuilds us and heals us along the journey. 
Your life matters, and your weakness does not scare God away. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, 12, verse 9 says, And he said to me, My grace, come on, is sufficient for you, and my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will gladly, I would rather boast of my infirmary, um, infirmities than I would the power of of Christ that rests in me. In other words, here's the thing. I'm weak. And I'm not saying that I don't have good days. But Jesus said, I was sent to those that need me, not those that feel like they can do it without, come on, me. You are in need. And that's okay. Come on, that doesn't mean that we stay broken, but here's what I hear all the time. Well, I ask someone to help in the welcome out or help with something or do, do that outreach or help or lead a group. Oh, I couldn't do that. Why? I have needs. You're like, oh my God, for real. You're the only one in this church that does. <laughs> no. We are all overcoming. We all have to battle with the flesh. We all have to battle with this stuff. And here's the deal. There will be one day, well, there will be no more tears and there will be no more crying. And we will be in heaven and we'll be like, I am free. Your lust, depression, anger, broken cycles do not scare God. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying, okay? I I, I just want to clarify. God wants us free. Sin will always hurt you, and it will always shatter who you were made to be. But here's the thing. I believe most of the time, freedom happens along the process, along the journey. And so here's what happens is one view is If you'll clean everything up, you can come follow me. That's not the gospel. That's not the gospel. The gospel is come. Come. Well, I'm kind of dirty. Come. Well, I'm broken. Come. Well, my anger flares up. Come. But see, here's the deal. God will accept you where you're at. But God will not leave you where you're at. Does that make sense? And so here is the difference. The difference is this. We're, this is not the church that, that, that we're okay with people hanging out with things that will hurt them because we know that that will destroy your life. But we're also not going to judge the fact that you have vices in your life. But we're going to clearly communicate the fact that that will hurt your potential. That That is sin. That will separate you from from a, a a heart that is open and communicating with God. See, here's the deal. Compromise will always stop the movement of God in your life. But that doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. And so here's the difference. Is God doesn't say clean up before you come. He says leave that stuff and I'll heal you on the process. And here's what God does. God turns anger into peace. He turns love into lust. I mean l- lust into love, sorry. <laughs> Were you listening? <laughs> Were you listening? You know, he, he takes lust and turns it into love. You know what I'm saying? He changes our desires. He moves deception into truth. He moves depression into unspeakable joy. If you will leave. I had this person come up. Talk, well, yeah, I'm trying to quit. I'm trying to quit. I'm like, How hard are you trying? Well, I just, I'm trying. All right, well, here's the deal. Don't ever buy it again. Don't ever go where you were buying it. Leave it. And let's see what happens in two years. But see, a lot of people are like, okay, God, just take away the anger. God, I give it to you. Just take away the anger. Gah! You know what I'm saying? (laughs) God, I don't want to be addicted anymore. Just take it all away. Take it all away. Okay, well, I'm still going to the same places. I'm still hanging around the same people. I'm still buying the same thing. I'm still being on my computer late at night. I'm still doing all the things. You know what I'm saying? I I, I give so much 
that I don't have any boundaries. I don't, ha- I don't have any time to refuel. So I'm stressed out. I'm frustrated. And that leads me into depression because I'm, I'm, I don't have any margin in my life. But I'm like, God, take it away so I can do whatever I want to do and run as fast as I want to run. No, baby. I want you to mature your life. And I want to lead your life. And I want you to make some choices that actually, come on, begin to heal your life. Does this make sense? The truth of the matter is, weakness doesn't scare God away. God never counts people out. They drop out. God never counts people out. They drop out. That's the deal. At the house, we already know. People are jacked up. And our heart is that people would meet the healer rather than work harder at covering up their weakness. You don't cover your weakness here because we already know you have it. I need some help in some area. I'm fighting through some stuff. There's some things going on. I want to see some stuff happen. And I'm fighting through. But we come. Everything's great. Listen. I'm not talking about having a responsibility and falling apart every five seconds. You've got to manage your thought life. But, but if you can never go anybody, to anybody and receive prayer or help or never have a moment of honesty because you feel like you've got to cover up every weakness, then here's the deal. You are learning to be a hider, and hiders don't heal. Hiders don't heal. Adam and Eve were hiding in the garden, and God came and said, Adam, and he hid because he was naked. He was weak. And God said, who told you that you were naked? Come here. Let me fix you. Because you matter. You matter. The last one is this. Is, I think the last shift that needs to happen is this. Your life isn't about me. My life is, it's not me focused. Life isn't about me. And, And I know that's weird because you're thinking, okay, my life matters, but it's not about me. That's kind of a mixed signal. No, the the truth of the matter is, because your life matters, you begin to focus on other people, and you stop making everything about you. How people, well, I'm just, I'm offended. I'm offended. You're choosing that. You understand that? You're choosing offense. You're choosing to be hurt. You're choosing to be that. That is a choice that you're, well, if they wouldn't have, okay, all I'm telling you is I'm 42 years old, and guess what? If I dealt with everybody with conditions, like my happiness is predicated on how you treat me, oh, dear Lord, I'd never be happy. At some point in time, there's got to be some choices made. Listen. Real freedom comes when we remove selfishness. Pride will always stop what God wants to do in our life. It will. Come on. God doesn't want you to be a sitter. He wants you to be a server. And here's the deal. Sometimes we got to remove us to unleash us. Come on. Those of you in, in have friendships, relationships. When's the last time you served somebody? I'm small. I'm going to the kitchen. Give me something to drink. Katie said, hey, babe, you want to give me something? No, I don't want to get you anything. I don't. I don't want to. Because that, that requires something extra. I have to get another cup down? And I'm sure you want ice. And then it just goes on from there. It's like you want this and that. And we move from getting one drink to now seven steps. And I'm just like way overwhelmed right now. Because I really just wanted to go watch my TV show. And you're stopping me from TV. Come on. You hear what I'm saying? Some of you are like, that never happens to us. Listen. When everything is about us, we live a me first life. Okay, turn me up just a little bit, Maddie. We live a me first life. Me first. Me first. Come on, our little kids in school are learning how to wait in line, share. Come on. When's the last time 
that you said, I'm going to Walmart. I'm going to go at 5.30. At the most crazy time. And I'm just going to serve somebody. Hey, I have 12 things. You have two. You go first. It's a good day. Yeah, I mean, the, the truth of the matter, look at it. Look at, don't be first. Because here's the deal. When we make ourselves an idol, we get offended and we always fight to protect what's first. Come on. Our boss can't come in and talk about our work because it's me first. Our friends can't talk about an attitude that we're walking in because it's me first. Our husbands and wives can't have a real dialogue about what's hurting the relationship because it's me first. Kids can't have a real dialogue with their parents because they feel like it's a little bit controlling because it's me first. Here's what I'm telling you. When we get out of the way, our life begins to matter to everyone. Pride will stop a movement of God in our life. Here's what I'm asking you to do today. Will you allow a shift to happen? The ball has been, been, been thrown, and I believe it's right here. It's right in the money. But you're going to have to focus, and you're going to have to swing. I believe there's some people in here that you've been dealing with, do I matter? God, I would hate for you to be in this church and contemplate suicide. I would hate for you to be in this church and feel like nobody gets you and you're all alone. And maybe you're in a season where you feel all alone. And and here's what I'm telling you. Your life matters, but feelings are driving you not just in the ditch. They're driving you off the cliff. And there needs to be a shift happen. Well, Stephen, you don't know all the things that have gone on. You don't know all the things that have gone wrong. You don't know that I'm lonely. You don't know what's happening right now. And you're right, I don't. But I know the Holy Spirit said, I will now, I, 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 I will, I will comfort you. I will help you. I will help you walk into healing. Because Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Today, will you allow the broken areas? the lies of the enemy I believe that this is a life change moment here's what I want you to do you guys stand up with me we're almost done